Blog Talk Radio. of Maestro Yaha Ling and sung by Grammy Award winner Whitney Houston.
that is still my favorite version of the national anthem. And being that it's tomorrow's Veterans Day, today is the Marine Corps birthday. I believe they're 240 years old today. So happy birthday, United States Marine Corps. Um, it, It seemed only fitting to play that. And, and, you know, not to always bring it back to the Floyd family, but I happen to know my dad also, and he was a veteran. Loved that version. So, you know, I mean, you know, I had to, I had to play it. I had to play it for Veterans Day. All the veterans out there, past, present, and future. I had to play it for Dad because I know he used to love that version of it too. It's me, Commissioner T. Veterans Day Eve, November 10th, 2015. This is show number 14 of the Madden Voice. And um yeah, you know, I, I you know I ain't got mu- I ain't got much today, guys. You know, I come on the show, I'm full of piss and vinegar. I you know, I, I ain't got it today, man. I you know I have been a Cowboys fan since, you know, I can't even tell you. And um I'm gonna tell you a little quick story before I bring on the Cobras. A little boy, little boy, before my brother JB was even born, okay, and I watched football with, with dad, you know, I was one of them little kids, whatever team was winning, that's my team, you know, dad finally sat me down, he said, hey, you can't just jump team to team like that, you know, that's not loyalty, you pick a team and you stick with your team. Now, little did he know, later on in life, he would regret those words. Boy, he used to hate how I cheered for my Cowboys. Boy, he used to hate that. He used to say, why? Why are you? It's just football. And I wanted to say, well, brother, that's not the word I want to use. You want to talk me to be loyal like this. But he say, hey, you pick a team, you stick to that team. And I walked over to the TV set, and I pointed, and I said, who's the team with the blue star? I like blue, and I like stars. And he said, well, that's the Dallas Cowboys. I said, okay. I said, that's my team. And that was it. The legend was born. So I have suffered. I have won. I have lost. I have never felt like I feel now. Because when you lose six games in a row and your team is terrible, you just say, hey, my team is terrible. (laughs) What did you expect? They suck. You can't even feel bad. Matter of fact, you expect to lose. And when you win, you throw a party. You know what I mean? When you win, you get all happy because the team sucks. So if, if you know, what do you expect, right? But when they win, you do one of these, right? How about them Cowboys? Right, you know, because, hey, you know, party and celebrate. But when you expect to have a good team coming off a near Super Bowl run and you find yourself near the bottom of the not just the division but the whole NFC, you know, and yeah, Romo's been out. Yeah, I, I, I know why, but it don't make it. It don't make you feel any better. And when five of those six games you could have won, there was one game, Patriots game. Yeah, that wasn't even close. But the other five you could have won. You had leads in all of them. I got nothing right now. I, I got nothing. I just, I find myself. We, I'm inconsolable right now. This is bad. It's bad. And then the Steelers win, I guess. But they lost Ben again for a little while. They win. Dr. Train, Bears win. You know, I'm sure he's ready to get on air and, you know, sing ode to Jay Cutler. We're going to bring him on in a minute, you know. And we sitting back, me and JB, just sitting back looking at each other talking about, huh, what, what had happened? 
It's just just bad. I I need JB. Let me grab J. I need to bring the voice of reason, my younger brother from the ATL, the man who stepped up, hosted the show a few weeks ago, knocked it out of the park. I need some love, man. I need some reason. I need you to tell me why I shouldn't feel this way. JP, welcome to the Madden Voice. Thank you, sir. Happy pre-Veterans Day. Same to you. And um, I will give you two numbers, 11 and 22. That's all I got. 11 and 22. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I ain't with you. Eleven and twenty-two. Uh, no surprise because that's the day that Romo comes back. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, okay. You said numbers. I didn't get that up. Oh, yeah, yeah. But shoot, by then we might be out. It might be too late. Two and seven. If we don't win this yeah. weekend. I know, I know. But you, you wanted, you needed something. That's all I got. It, it may not be in a shot of whiskey. But it might be some Arbor Mist. It's going to have to get you through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, There'll be no K-Star tonight, ladies and gentlemen. He's busy. So, you know, bye, K-Star. Have a good night. Uh, Let's bring on the band. Bears turning it around. You know, know, I almost don't recognize this team. Jay Cutler playing well, looking like, you know, I I don't know. I I don't know if it's his offensive coordinator. I don't know if it's Fox. I, I, I don't know. Um, Langford went in there and did a monster job for him last night. I mean, I, I, I'm, woo. You know, I think it was Dr. Train was at the game. That's what I think it was. Dr. Train was at the game. He caught up with Cutler. He gave him a pregame speech. He said, hey, man, you know, I'm going to be on the Mad Voice tomorrow night, bro. Don't embarrass me, okay? Don't embarrass me. This guy won the first EAFL Super Bowl, man with the PhD. You know, Chicago Bears fan was at the game last night. Dr. Train, welcome to the Mad Voice. What up, fellas? Ain't <laughs> nothing like comeback victories, boy. They make the road trip home feel real smooth. Yeah. I yeah. bet it was. Hey, Dr. Train, listen, from the bottom Yo. of my heart. Blow it out your ass. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Just, just so you know. Number Damn, love. Bro. Yeah, number love, man. No, 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 love right there, man. Uh, Don't nah, be you know like what? that, man. You, you picked you know up what? the win, right? I, uh, I did actually. I did. I believe yeah, I did. I have to go back and look. I think I did. Um, uh, you know what, man? Uh, on the real, um, it was a good win. It was a nice win, man. I mean, let's you know what? Let's just jump right into that right there, man. Let's jump right into that. Let's start off on a on on you know because it's gonna be I'm, I got doom and gloom in my world. But let's start in your world, train. You went to the game, you know. I mean, two weeks ago, man, we all said the Bears are done. We all sat up here, including you, and said the Bears are done. It's over. And the Bears must have hurt us because, um, you know, between that, the Packers taking a little backslide. We talking about half yeah. the season done. Your Bears are three games out with eight games to go. It ain't over. I mean, just mathematically, it's far from over. Mm-hmm. But what are your thoughts? I mean, I, I know you're a re- I know you're a realist. You're one of the most realist fans out there. Um, and I know you guys got some tough games coming up in the next three weeks. But let's just take let's mm-hmm. just look right now. Um, three and five, right? You know, three games out from the Packers and the Vikings. Is there light in your tunnel? Well, before, before, I, before I answer that, let me just say, going to the game was was, was pretty cool. I think it's like the sixth bear 
game I, I, I've attended. Plus, the okay. win in that fashion was awesome. And and the catch that Zach Miller made at the end, I mean, they cover those bullets like your head off if you're not looking. Yes. And it was it was it was one handed like it was just a soft like he called him like he called a a, a loaf of bread. I was like, dude, he, he actually called. I thought it was incomplete bad, but he actually called it. I was like, wow. So it was it was just good seeing the team and seeing the team in person, man. It's just a totally totally different perspective being around the crowd, the people, the fans. <sighs> okay, now to your question. <laughs> yeah, no, that's cool. I was I was getting there too, but that's fine. We can start with the jubilation of your win, man. I ain't trying to take that away from you. So I haven't oh, yeah. felt that jubilation I, I, in a while. So, you know. Yeah, I will say um, we probably caught a break. Uh, uh, Barrett got injured. I didn't know he got injured. He got injured returning the touchdown. The interception yeah. returned for a touchdown. I didn't know that he suffered an injury because the guy that came in almost looked just like him. I was, you know, sitting a little too high so I couldn't see the numbers real closely. And, you know, Alshon Jeffries broke out. So we might have caught a break, but that's not that's not my problem. That's the Chargers' problem. So, um, but as far as moving forward, these three games are definitely tough. I'm talking about at St. Louis, home with home against Denver, and then at Green at Green Bay. Uh, Mathematically, it it it, it all, all I can say is hopeful. <laughs> um, the team is still not consistent, and then on top of it, when you look at the games that we lost, they were all conference games, all division games. Yeah. The only games that we won are three three non conference games. Yeah, that's it. They don't really hold much weight. Yeah, because when yeah, it comes down to tie tiebreaker, we're we're already out of there. If we tie Minnesota. We're probably out of there. Yeah. You know, and it's surprising to see Minnesota sitting even at six and two with Green Bay. But the the only the I mean the, the only good thing that you can take from it is that we lost a game that where we outplayed a team and and and, and should have won. So mm-hmm. you know they have a chance, but to go you know undefeated for the remainder of the season, oh, that's 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 tough. Actually, hit eleven and five. We can see. It's looking like ten and six would be the magic number to even have a chance for a wild card, unless your division sucks. Um, so it it it's right now it's just, it's just hopeful. I will say just as a as a fan seeing what our team was last year compared to this year, it's just fun to watch your team be competitive and actually win some of the games. You win some, you lose some, but your team is not getting blocked out. By every single team that you play, because right. last year was it's, it's, it's completely night and day from last year. And yeah, Cutler's different. The, the team chemistry, the way the players are playing, everything is different. I mean, the Bears are with the remaining teams. Yeah, I look at Green Bay and, and, and Denver. They're, they're probably the two toughest on the schedule. But even with those teams, you still we're still good enough to actually win those games. Right far that we, you know, don't suffer any major injuries and, and we play well. Yeah, 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 I hear you. And I think, you know, your team and my team are not are in similar situations, you know, even if, we, well, we need to get a win. But, you know, now that you've gotten a couple of wins under your belt, you know, is it too late, you know? Um, and, and unfortunately, the biggest negative is exactly what you mentioned with the Bears, 0-3 in the division and 0-5 in the conference. Um, that hurts. 
that's that's hard right there, man. I mean, that really means in in, in a, virtually any tiebreaker situation, it, it ain't happening. You, you're gonna have to be the mm-hmm. clear cut, you know, wild card or the clear cut division winner to get in. Any tiebreakers, you you ain't gonna have a chance. So, yeah, that's um. But you know, at least they're giving you something. You know, I mean, hey, you know, from where it was two weeks ago. To now, you know, I mean, at least they're giving you a reason to say, well, let's see what happens. Because who would have thought the Packers would have lost two in a row? You know, I would have never guessed that. Um, and they almost pulled off the, the second the second game against uh, Carolina. But, um, I, you know, they held on. They held on. Yeah. yeah. And Minnesota is a bit of a surprise to me, you know. Um, they're uh, a huge surprise, man. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, can people, can we, can we, can, can, you know, I, you know, I just have to, I have to take a minute and just say that the media makes me sick. I mean, I watched the hit on Bridgewater. I watched it repeatedly because it's been all over the TV. I've seen dirty hits. I don't see it. You can say it was illegal. You know, it looked like he was, you know, um, but when you lunge at someone who's a runner and then they start to slide, you, you, I mean, ain't really much you can do but see it through. And that's what he did. He lunged, dude slid, it's over. You want to say it was illegal? Okay. You want to fine him? Okay. But it didn't look like dude was doing anything malicious. It didn't look like he was out there trying to hurt him or anything like that. I've seen hits like that. Where you just know yeah, he was out for blood. I, I, you know, in the media, man, they just jump on it and just, oh man, it just annoys me. It just annoys me. But it looks like he's going to be. Who, uh, Fisher? No, uh, uh, Zimmer with Zimmerman with some of the some of oh, the words he was using and allegations that he was making. I was just like, dude, really? Do you have proof? Well, of I was that? Yeah. I was a bit surprised because Zimmer has roots in Dallas, and I, I, I didn't know him to be that way. But I guess, uh, you know, in fairness, Greg Williams is the defensive coordinator, um, and Greg Williams does have a history, you know. Um, so yeah. it wasn't bad, though. I mean, everybody's had the fortune of seeing it in, in slow motion, instant replay. And I, too, saw it several times as well. And folks have to understand – and, and to you were touching on it, when you're running at someone who's sliding, they're going down, you're heading at them, y'all are going at full tilt. So it's not as though you can all of a sudden just stop on a dime and let up. Uh, you know, obviously, too, with the laws of physics and inertia, you can't mm-hmm. come to a complete stop. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just not going to happen. You can slow down, but you can't come to a complete stop on a dime like that. So That's right. They need to just back it up a bit. And not to mention, from what I heard, these two dudes are friends. So right. it's not like you yeah. know, like, boy. You know, it's not like I'm gonna see train and I'm trying to take train out. You know, I never met him, but we know each other through the show. We boys. We boys. Yeah. I'm not gonna take train out. I'm not gonna take T out. I'm not gonna take K Star out. But I'm gonna try and make I, a hit. And that's wait exactly what you did. I don't know. I might take K Star out. But anyway, go ahead, I'm just saying. Let's move on. But I'm not gonna try and take out. Just like He's not going to try and take his own boy out. So this whole, oh, it was a legal hit, and he was out for this. I'm with you. I've had enough of that. There's other things in football to talk about that's more pertinent, more relevant than someone who obviously wasn't trying to, 
induce a mean hit or an illegal hit. It's just the fact that you got two guys coming at each other at full speed, one ducks down before the other can get there, and this is what happens. It's unfortunate, but it wasn't anything malicious about it. I agree. I agree. Don't want to get well, a hit fly sooner. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Well, congratulations to your Bears. Let's see what happens. Keeping it interesting, you know. Um, Packers go down. Vikings win. The division is going to get interesting. Whether the Bears make it a three-way race or not remains to be seen, but we have a, we have an unexpected two-way race between the Vikings and the Packers, so let's see what happens. You know, let's see what happens. Um, you know, K-Star is not on the show tonight, which which is kind of funny because, you know, I, I, I had a couple of things I wanted to say that I thought K-Star would appreciate. And this happened last time, too. You know, it's like he must know when I'm going to say something that he wants to hear and he can't handle the shock of it so then he doesn't make the show. <laughs> um, but I'm going to say something. I'm going to say something right now. While I still think that when healthy, and we see that Dez is returning to his form, um, I still will take Dez Bryant over anybody in NFL when healthy. Um, just hard because he's missed most of the year with, you know, preseason he had a hamstring and then he broke the bone in his foot. So he ain't played much. So it's hard to really put him in that category right now. Maybe in a few more weeks we'll be talking about Dez's back and he's the most dominant wide receiver in NFL. We might get there. But right now, I, I got to take my hat off to Antonio Brown, man. I, I, just, I mean, I, I've watched Jerry Rice. I've watched T.O. I've watched, um, you know, the Keenan Allen game where he had 15 kids. I've watched guys that have had, you know, 17, 18, 15, 16 catches in a game, 20 catches. You know, I've seen it, and it's spectacular to watch. But this cat did it with two quarterbacks, you know, in the same game. Like, Landry Jones came in, Ben was out, and and it was like he didn't miss a beat, you know. I mean, he did, he just kept balling. I I got I to gotta say right now, he's the best in the NFL right now. I have to say it. This dude was balling, you know. I can't hate on him right now. 17 catches, 284 yards. You know, I mean, running after the catch, you know, going deep over the middle. I mean, I got to give homeboy credit. You know, I don't know where he sits right now. Um, uh, Catch-wise, I know yards, he's behind. uh, Let me see, I just pulled it up. Julio Jones is still number one in yards um, uh, and catches. Julio Jones still has him in yards and catches. But um, right now, man, and I've watched couple of games that Atlanta plays. Atlanta's slipping right now as a team. They sliding right now, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. They, they they slide, man. They they doing exactly what Matt Ryan does. You know, he, as Train would say, he sells you a dream. You know what I'm saying? But the, 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 the Steelers are starting to surge a little bit. Antonio Brown, God damn. He the best wide receiver in the NFL right now. Can I K-Star, say something about that, Antonio you missed Brown? It. You missed it. I said it. And too bad you ain't here to enjoy it. Go ahead, Train. Yeah. You know, last week it was Eli Manning. You know, just real quick fantasy football. Just put up 47 on me. I couldn't I couldn't get past that. Lo and behold, 
I play another opponent, and they got Antonio Brown, and I'm steady seeing the catches. I see what he got at halftime. I'm looking like, okay, um, is he going to end up doubling that? And I'll be damned if he don't end up doubling what I saw <laughs> at halftime. Now, what was the last week? Look, guy put up points on you. Uh, uh, that was that was little big brother Jay with Eli Manning. Oh, Eli Manning and all them touchdowns. Okay. Yeah. And, and another, it was 40-some point performance, 47. Then I get another 47 dropped on me by Antonio Brown. I'm like, are you serious? The dude is a beast. He's the Oakland Raiders that bad. Maybe it's a combination of both. But how can you not figure out how to cover one dude? Like them to go somewhere else. You, that, Especially when that's your number one. Yeah. Watch them to go somewhere else. It was like years. It was like a couple of years ago when Steve Smith was tearing it up in in the uh in Carolina. Like, force them to go somewhere else. You got to make the quarterback throw the ball somewhere else. You have to. There are games where I remember a game a couple of years ago where Calvin Johnson had 329 yards against the Cowboys. And I think it might have been 14 or 16 catches. I don't remember. It was double-digit catches. And I watched the whole game. And Dallas put two on him. They put three on him. And it just, he got in a zone. Him and Stafford were clicking. And there was nothing the defense could do. It wasn't that they didn't try. It was just, they just couldn't stop him. And it just happens sometimes. Just like you'll have games where a, a running back will run for 200 yards, and you say, how do you let that? And you watch the game, and they stack eight and nine in the box. And, you know, there's just sometimes, no matter what, don't think Oakland didn't try. You know, if, Charles Woodson back there, don't think they didn't try. But this dude was in a zone, him and Ben, and then Landry came in and said, I'm going to feed the hot hand to his credit. You know, and, you know, sometimes you just, a dude just ain't going to be stopped. He in a zone, he ain't, you know, it's no different than watching the great basketball. You watch basketball train, I know. And then some of the yeah. players, you know, when LeBron or even your boy, who's looking like he might, maybe he's going to have a season finally. We'll see. D-Rose. D-Rose. D-Rose, you know. When the cats get in a zone, you double them, you do this, you do that. And they, you, you ain't going to stop them. You know, the old expression, you you can't stop them. You can only hope to contain them. It happens, <laughs> you know, it happens in the NFL, too. It happens, I think, in any major sport. Sometimes an athlete just gets in that zone and ain't like the defense, ain't sitting there, defense coordinator, whatever, the coach. Yo, you know, you don't think at halftime they were saying, let anybody else beat us except Antonio Brown. I don't care what you got to do. You don't think they were saying that? Like, okay, we got this coach. Man, no cat said. You know, they said, this cat lucky. <laughs> That's what you say when you can't stop. He did lucky. He did lucky, you know. And and let me just let me just say this, and then I'll let one of y'all get in, whoever. But I'm so happy for D'Angelo Williams. I always liked him when he was in Carolina, you know. And I love <clears throat> when a guy can re-find himself in another system and – regain the form they once had, you know, and, you, you know, the team thinks he's dead and they get rid of him. They you know, kept Jonathan Stewart, got rid of DeAndre Williams. And dude, balling. I mean, I know Bell is the truth, but he's sitting over there saying, yeah, I'm going to make, I'm going to, Bell gone. I'm taking over back here. And dude is balling. Okay. Dude is balling. Yeah. So, 
Um, and that and, and that helps. I mean, you know, we could talk about all our teams. You, you've got Forte out there in Chicago. He's out for a game or two. And Langford came in and balled. You know what I mean? I mean, that young guy, up, man. Man, I picked him Love up in it. one of the two leagues. I don't remember which one, but I got him. You yeah. got him in our league, and it, 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 it hurt. Shit. <laughs> yeah, well, I needed him, too, because I had no running backs. I'm like, I'm grabbing him. I don't know where I'm at on the waiver list, but I hope I get him. And I got all so happy. Um, yeah. But you know when you when you can do that you know and and I mean it's it's I I'm happy I'm happy for that and I guess let's see what happens you know it makes you know Forte's got a got an injury and you know sometimes they see this dude balling like hey man why don't you take another week let's make sure you really healed okay let's make sure you really before you come back we don't want to re-injure you we don't want to rush you back I mean he's a free agent after the end of the year right they might be like mm, yeah this might be it for you Matt we you may have our bell cow. You know, and you got that other guy, other running back. Who's the other guy you got over there in Chicago? Kadeem Carey. He looked like he got a little juice, too. Like, yeah, well, he, he's he's definitely motivated because uh, he gets drafted one year, and you think he's going to be the guy, and then the new new dream come in, and they go out to Jeremy Langford. And literally, Jeremy Langford is, is Forte 2.0, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. he really, he yeah. really is. Yep. I was at the I was at the game. Just another tidbit about the game, man. I'm uh-huh. at the game, and, it, and the one thing I look for is the running back, not just pass and running the ball, but definitely for the blocking. And I saw they came up some heat up the middle. This dude stood up the linebacker like I mean, just just straight up. I was like, damn. I mean, just straight took the whole impact. Jay gave Jay Cutler just the time he needed to get rid of the ball. I mean, right just just stood him up, coming right up the middle with a blitz. Like yeah. Is this cat? Is this did that dude is ready? That dude is ready. I mean, Chicago would have a tough decision. I mean, you hate to see Forte. Go. I hate to see Forte go. You know what I'm saying? But he's gone. Young blood is ready. He's, he's gone. He's ready. Yeah. He's gone. I, I mean, I love Forte too. He's been loyal. He's been consistent, and he's gonna he gonna get he 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 ain't got no problem. Oh yeah. He gonna end up saying, may, may, you know, may end up in Dallas. Don't sleep on it. I mean, Man, wherever he's go, he's gonna be productive. Forte's got a still a few, still a few more years. He's gonna be productive. But yeah, Jeremy Langford. Well, you know, and and, and so I'm happy for D'Angelo Williams, and, and you know, he found his new home out there in um, Pittsburgh, and um, you know, it, when when you know when when you talk next man up, that's where next man when you have quality backups in depth, it's not just anybody who puts on a uniform, you just expect them to stand up and, and fill in the shoes of these starters and these superstars. It doesn't always work that way. But in some situations, you know, you can ha- and that, that can happen. And clearly the Bears were looking for the future. And, um, you know, Forte, I, I would, I, I, at this point, unless Langford hurts himself, that's, that's your future. And Forte will end up in another uniform next year. And he'll, but he, you know what? He's going to make a lot of money too. He's going to make a lot of money. Um, so, oh yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So, so yeah. So, um, any other thoughts on Pittsburgh? I know I kind of said a lot, but any other thoughts? Well, no, you know, I mean, Big Ben's gone. Oh, go ahead, oh, go ahead, uh, Jay. No, I was just gonna say, um, they they they've got they've got the weapons in place, and I think Landry Jones has shown that he's capable of continuing the movement until Roethlisberger gets back. So. It's going to be interesting to see how they do. 
in that particular division and, and as they make a push for the playoffs. It's still not out of the question, the division, but I think we all agree last week in the way the Bengals are playing, I think they pretty much got the division locked up. But they still got a shot for a, a five or a six seed, the Steelers do, and I think the last time they won the Super Bowl, they, they were a six seed. I'm sure K-Star is licking his chops, loving that thought and loving that feeling, but they're not out of it. As long as they don't have any other injuries, they, they're still a legitimate threat out there, so it's going to be interesting to see how it goes down the stretch. Yeah, I agree. I I, I, I think, mm, I mean, yeah, I, I've seen what Landry has done, but, you know, here's my thing. And, and I, look at, I look at this and I look at the Dallas situation. There's a reason why your starters, there's a reason why you have your starters and the reason why you have your backup. Right now, for me, even though Pittsburgh may have enough to get a few more wins, there are going to be some games where they need to get over the hump. And without Big Ben, without Bell, they can't get over that hump. And, it, and, it, and it's going to happen because I'm looking at Dallas, I'm just like, damn, I think the part, you know, I heard you whole soliloquy at the beginning, see, and I think the part that hurts the most is that you are actually so close in these games. It's different with you if you were getting blown out, but you're not. You're losing these games by one score without, without, your, without your quarter, without your top dude. And I think that's, Tony, that's what makes the difference. Don't have to talk. You guys can point the finger at him. You, you can talk about the vacation. And if you do that, it's really unfair. It's really unfair. It's my team. It's my quarterback. I'm oh, sorry, T.O. had to jump Thank in there and say something. Go ahead. No, I thank you, T.O. I mean, that, hey, he said it. Hey, thanks, T.O. That's, that's mm-hmm. exactly what it is. It's your quarterback, man. Y'all need that dude. It says 11 is right. Yeah. Y'all need yeah. that cat. And the same yeah. thing is going to happen. Same thing is going to happen with the Steelers. Yeah. Landry looked, yeah. He, he looked, he looked good. D'Angelo looks good. But to get over that hump, to be that team, it's, it, it's going to show them missing – Big Ben and Bell, and even when Ben comes back, it's going to show that Bell is missing. It is. Yeah. Look, here's, here's the thing. Here's the difference between Dallas and Pittsburgh right now. Unfortunately, Pittsburgh is up three games compared to Dallas, so they're in a much better position right from the start. Secondly, I'm looking at the Steelers' schedule, the remaining games they have left. They've got a game against – two games against Cleveland. They've got a game against Baltimore. They've got the – uh, the Broncos that they got to play, they've got the Seahawks to play, they got the Colts to play, they got another shot at Cincinnati. So their schedule isn't as hard as one may think it would be. There's a lot of winnable yeah. games there for them, a lot of winnable games. So they're they're in a good spot. I'm not saying that they're, they're fine sitting pretty, but I'm saying they're they're in a pretty decent spot right now. See, we look at those games differently. I look at those games. If I look at those games with Big Ben and Bell, yeah, I'm agreeing with you. But I look at those games without Big Ben and Bell, those those games are not as not as easy as they, as they may seem. They may be somewhat winnable, but we're talking about tough winnable. I'm talking about really tough winnable. It, it makes a difference when you miss them when you're missing your top dude, man. Oh, and I don't I definitely don't disagree with that. It does make a difference when you're missing your top dude, but when you're sitting at five and four and you've got the likes of the Clevelands and, and you've already uh, shown that you can at least hang with Cincinnati, obviously, and, and not to mention 
You've got the Broncos to play. You're going to take, uh, take Seattle on the road. That's going to be a tough one as well as with the Broncos. But the fact that you've got a, a solid ground game and you still have your number one receiver, those are two key components. And the defense isn't playing all that bad. I mean, Oakland, you got to give them credit. Oakland is playing phenomenal compared to how they have played in the past. So that's not the same Oakland team of, of yesteryear. But overall, they're not, they're not a bad team when you look at the defensive side of the ball, you look at Antonio Brown playing lights out. You look at Daniel mm-hmm. Williams running the ball like, like he ain't missed a step. So you've got pieces in place that are playing at a high level right now. So that might be but, enough to carry it through until Ben gets back. But see, one of those main pieces, one of those main pieces fell out the, out the equation once when Big Ben was gone. When Big Ben was gone, Antonio Brown's production went down. Now, I know yeah, Landry came in and continued – what they did yesterday, but like he said, that sometimes it's lightning in a bottle. But that and you can't Vic, stop a dude. When when Vic went out and Landry Jones came in and replaced him, it seemed like there was better chemistry there because I think Jones is more of a pocket passer than 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 uh, obviously than Vic is. He would be closer in resemblance to Big Ben. When when Landry was in there, you didn't see a difference that much of a drop off in Brown's production. I don't know. I'm 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 looking at the dude. Well, I, I know fantasy football is fantasy football, but fantasy football is is stats. And I'm looking at the dude that actually had him, and it was a dip. It was a noti- to me. It was a noticeable noticeable difference. I got him, and when he had Vic on the center, it was a huge difference. When he had Jones on the center, it, there was a better uptick. Was it up near Big Ben? No, not quite. But it was much better than Vic. At least it was moving in a positive direction. So I'll take yeah. that. Or stepping back several steps when you had Vic, so at least he looks a little bit like himself with Landry Jones back there. Yeah, but here's the, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You know, all of that's wonderful. All that's fine. The number one issue, the number one difference between the Steelers and the Cowboys in this discussion is quite simply this: the Steelers' backup quarterbacks found a way, more times than not, to lead their team to a victory whether it was because of Antonio Brown, D'Angelo Williams, whatever the reason was, the quarterback, whether it was Vic, whether it was Jones, was able to get a couple of wins collectively in Ben's absence. Our quarterbacks have gone 0-3 and 0-3. And in the last two years, 0-8 without Tony Romo. So, you know, you, you have to find a way as a backup quarterback to figure out a way to lead your team to get a win. Matt Castle played his butt off against um, the Eagles, but he still threw a pick six. And what was the margin of victory in the game? Six points. Is it his fault? You can argue it's not his fault. He had he had stats comparable to Tom Brady in this game, okay? You can say it was the defense. It's, you know, you, you can say that, but you know what? When you're already dealing with a Dez that's not 100%. You're dealing with half the game without your number one defensive player, Sean Lee. You're starting backup third string at one time. Quarterback has no margin of error. He can't. He's not good enough to throw a pick six and still win a game. You've got no error. You've, you've got to play a clean game. And that's the difference where the Steelers have players – that I mean, Landry Jones came in. I saw that part of the game because it, it went live here in Connecticut. 
uh, the Steelers-Oakland game, I saw it, and Landry Jones came in, and he knew exactly where to go. He knew. I'm going right to Antonio Brown. And boom, didn't miss a trick. And when it was tied, boom, here's D'Angelo. He did enough to get the win. Is it all on him? Absolutely not. I'm not even saying that. But he didn't go out there and lose the game. We are 0-6 without Tony Romo. You know, we even couldn't win. You know, come on, man. You got to do something. You got to make a play. You know, Castle, I, like I said, Castle played great on Sunday. But still threw that one pick six. Take that pick six away. Might very well have won that game. You know, I don't, not saying we would have, but certainly that didn't help. You know, all the good he did and that one mistake that he made. Romo can do that and come back and win a game. Ben can do that. Obviously, Brady and all the other four, and they can all do that. Hey, Jay Cutler can too, man, just in case you want to throw a name drop. Well, Jay Cutler did it last night, so you damn, you damn yeah. right. He did. <laughs> came back one game. So, hey, I'm a, you know, all hell to Jay Cutler right now. Hey, ho, <laughs> hey, ho, you know, um. But to me, that's the number one issue. Forget everything else. Jay, I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying, Train. I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying. I think you're both right on point as far as looking at Antonio Brown as a key component. You may disagree on how productive he was, but he's a key component in the success of that team. He's a, he's a top two, three wide receiver in the NFL. He's, he's great. So, yes, you're right about that. D'Angelo Williams is playing lights out. You're right about that. But what I'm saying is – quarterback play man you got to have a quarterback and i hope the cowboys learn from this because you you know we ain't your answer you either need a veteran that is good enough to come in and win a few games it ain't weeding and it ain't castle or you need to go draft the quarterback that you're developing to be your next go out and get your and i know they're not out there in every draft but you know the packers did it with aaron Rodgers, right you know i mean who's your who's your quarterback that's coming in in a year two or three called sit behind tony learn the system learn from you know the greatest quarterback in cowboy history statistically only statistically i would not put him ahead of starback or aikman but statistically he's got all the cowboy records so have him learn behind romo and get him ready you know what i mean but right now they just that they just don't have it they just don't have it and that's the problem you look at the stats in that game McFadden rushing for 117 yards. Castle passed for almost 300 yards, three touchdowns. You know, Hardy went out there and got himself a sack. You know, yeah, you, 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 you think that's a game. That's a winnable game. That's a winnable game. And they still lose six in a row. You know, six in a row. Now, before we keep talking about the Cowboys, um, I haven't posted about this. I did I did on my personal Facebook page. I got in it with somebody about this topic. Now, none of us have talked about this, so I don't know where you guys stand on this. I'm going to start with you, Train. You know, the pictures came out Thursday, Greg Hardy. Um and I will I will I will I will call it the alleged abuse because of of the facts around the case. Everyone can draw their own conclusions on whether they believe or not believe or whatever. But, you know, the the short story for anybody out there listening that doesn't know the story of Greg Hardy, he was um, arrested. He was had a bench trial with his a judge who heard testimony and convicted him of domestic violence. And 
he uh, Greg Hardy claimed to be innocent and appealed to a jury trial. Um, they subpoenaed the girl to do a deposition for the jury trial. She never showed up. Um, they are the theory or the rumor is she was paid off. No one has confirmed that, but that's the assumption that she was paid off and she didn't show up to testify. Um, the case was, was dismissed and Hardy's record was expunged as they call it, which means they took it off his record. The NFL still has, even though now there's no, there's no criminal record of it. The NFL can still act. Last year, he sat out. Carolina deactivated him. He sat out 15 games with full pay. The NFL came back and suspended him for violating the conduct clause for 10 games. Players Association appealed that suspension, got it down to four games. So now we see pictures of the alleged beating of Greg Hardy and this woman. That's what came out last Thursday with lots of reaction. Um, now, a, a side note that I found out, because this is what I do. So it was Deadspin magazine that released the pictures that weren't supposed to be released. They were supposed to be sealed. Okay. Um, may not know this, and I don't know if it's relevant or not, but it's a point of interest. Editor-in-chief of Deadspin Magazine is a huge Philadelphia Eagles fan. Deadspin is based in Philadelphia. And these pictures came out three days before the game. Coincidence? Maybe. But this news came out as well. So all of that said, there was a lot of commentary during the game, before the game. Everybody had an opinion. I'm going to start with Dr. Train. Not having a stake in the Cowboys, not really you know, being a Cowboy fan. What are your thoughts? Uh, um, actually, tough subject to talk about because I've heard I've heard a lot. I heard views. The one thing I listen to more than anything is the views of um, the women commentators or analysts in in the sports. Um, men don't really know. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't really fully understand what women go through when that kind of abuse is is present. Mm-hmm. Don't know their mindset. Don't know what kind of fear comes from it. Um, um, I have a personal perspective uh, on my own uh, past life events. I, I, I'll put it to you this way. Um, regardless of the facts and regardless of seeing the pictures, do I believe that he did it? Um, yes, I do. Um, as far as whether justice was fully served, probably, probably wasn't. Um, yeah, the public has a depiction of a young lady who, who may have rumored have taken the money. We don't know why. Probably would never know why. We don't know what was going on with her at, at the time. Um, but if I would be, if I'm going to blame anyone for these for these events that led up to now, it would be the NFL. It would not be Dallas. 
the guy was available to be picked up on a team. The NFL allowed it. They said, hey, you can play in our league. We know what has happened. We've seen everything that, 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 that has occurred. You, you're, eligible, you're eligible to play. When 14 games was mentioned, he got knocked down to four. But before even getting that suspension, it was basically the league saying, "Hey, you're 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 allowed to play in our in our league." So, if if anybody should have done something, it should have been the NFL. Whatever they could have done, they could have they 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 should have done more. Dallas is only benefiting from what the NFL has allowed. That's just simply the way I see it. Okay. JB, your turn. Your thoughts. Well, I've I've heard about this myself, and um, I mean, pictures are unfortunate. Make no mistake about it. Um, I've heard a lot of folks try to lump this in with the whole Ray Rice issue. And there's, there's a couple of distinct differences between Greg Hardy's situation and, and Ray Rice's situation. First off, when the video came out with Ray Rice, he was already suspended and still on suspension. They just increased the suspension when the video came out. When these pictures came out, Greg Hardy had been suspended, served his suspension, been reinstated, and already been on the field. So, it's kind of hard to now see these photos and then say, okay, you, you got to suspend them again. Well, you know, the cat's out the bag. You you can't do that. It doesn't work that way. That's, that's number one. Uh, number two, and, and hopefully folks understand what I'm about to say, when you see the video and you see everything happening, it, it's far different than just seeing a, a picture. And, and that's just the size. That's just how we view things. We're very we're very into our, our senses. We, we have to see everything so that we can feel it. And it's almost like a car wreck. If you see three-car pileup driving by, you think one thing. But if you see a three-car pileup happening as it happens, that's another. So it, it, there's a little bit more sting on it, if you will, when I'm seeing a video of a woman getting knocked out versus a woman with bruises on it. Make no mistake about it. Don't like either one. Don't condone it. Let's make sure everybody understands that. But that that that's a difference to me. Uh, we don't know how these occurred. We can only allege how they occurred. We don't know if she was thrown down the stairs or thrown up against the wall. Or, don't like any of that. But we simply don't know what happened to have these bruises on her. When when Ray punched his fiance's now wife, we knew what happened, and and dragged her out of the the elevator like like a piece of meat. We knew what happened. It was there. So those are two, to me, distinct differences, and and you can't you can't lump the two together. And and I agree with Dr. Train. You know, the, the Cowboys did what they were allowed to do, as well as the other 31 teams. It's something that the NFL has to take into account and be more proactive than reactive. And we said this the first time with Ray Rice. So um, I, I don't really know what else could be done because he's already been reinstated. So where we go from here, I I don't know if there's any other place to go, simply put. Okay. Um, you know, I'm going to agree with you both to some degree and then go in a little bit of a different direction. 
we live in a very hypocritical country. Um, this country will give who they choose to give second chances and will forget what they choose to forget. And being that we are three African-American men, I think y'all know what I'm talking about. Um, mm-hmm. And I wonder if Greg Hardy was Caucasian as Ben Roethlisberger, who went through being accused of rape at one point. Um, you know, I wonder how the media and how everyone would be handling this. That's point number one. I don't think anybody on the Madden Voice would condone any man putting his hands on a woman for any reasons, uninvited and unwanted. And if Greg Hardy did what the pictures insinuate, he's scum, he's trash, and, um, you know, probably doesn't deserve to be in the NFL. The question is, how do we know? You know, we are not detectives. We are not counselors. The media is the media. And this man went through the system. And this is my problem, is if the court, police department, and the legal system did what they did, and it is not on his record. If the NFL did what they did, and he's lived that suspension and done what he was supposed to do, if the Cowboys have signed him with very strict rules and said, we're going to give you a second chance, you said you didn't do it, we don't know if you did it, um, but we're going to give you a second chance to rehabilitate yourself. You make one mistake, you're off the team. Well, he's still on the team, so clearly he must be doing something right. Then why the media need to step up and be judge, jury, and executioner? I see the pictures. I know what happened. And let's be real. For every situation where something like this happens, where there's a Ray Rice and there's a video, athletes, celebrities are also targets, too. They're also targets. Am I saying that's the case? I don't know. How can anybody know? Only two people know what really happened. Now, it's Greg Hardy and that lady. Now, that lady took the money and ran. That's what I know. She took the money and ran. What is there left to be said? What is there left to do? You know, we had a situation in this country where O.J. Simpson was on trial 20 years ago this year and was acquitted of murder in a criminal court and convicted of being liable in a civil court where he was ordered to pay $37 million for the death of Ron Goldman and Nicole Brown Simpson. Um, And... This country was divided like I've never seen in my lifetime because of race. 20 years later, OJ is back in jail because of a incident with some of his memorabilia where he kidnapped somebody, threatened them with a gun and got convicted and uh, is now probably going to be in jail for this crime for the rest of his life. Was it a makeup call like you see in sports? I don't know. But. God is good and God is strong and karma had a, has a way of catching up to you. Um, they said that the OJ trial, there was more evidence against him than any trial in history. And yet he got acquitted. So maybe he did it. I don't know. I wasn't there. Do what do I think? I think he did it, but I wasn't there, but you know what? I caught up with him and he's in jail now. And I don't think, I think when he gets out of jail, he's probably going to be like 95 years old. I don't think he's going to see the light of day again. So you know what? He got his in the end. If Greg Hardy did that, 
Everybody needs to just sit back and relax. If he did it, he'll get his in the end. But right now, the man has paid his debt. It's no different than Michael Vick, who was, did the dog fighting, denied it, then came out and admitted it, went to prison for it, and now he's a public speaker against cruelty to animals. He has changed his life around. And yet you still got Peter out there saying that he shouldn't be playing pro football. He should not have gotten a second chance and a third chance and all of this stuff. So bottom line is this. We don't know what happened. If he did it, I will. I would very quickly say this man shouldn't be in the NFL, period. That's how I feel. But you know what? I know he paid his debt. He is trying to fix his life. I hope he stays on the straight and narrow. I hope he gets the help that he needs. I hope he focuses on football and can have a good life with his family and 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 let's move on. But the media got to stop acting like they know more than the rest of the world because that's irritating. You just don't know. You know, two weeks from now, we're not going to be talking about this. Watch. It's the story of the moment because they don't care. So two weeks from now, it's not even going to be an issue. Enough said. Jay, are the Cowboys all done? No, I refuse to throw in the towel. I absolutely refuse. Not in a weak division, not when you, even though you, you're 0-6 with these replacement quarterbacks, like you said earlier in the show, five out of those six, they, they were winnable games. So I'm thinking if you can get back to somewhere near full strength, get Romo back on the center, you got a shot in a weak division. They still have a halfway decent record in division. I think it's 2-1 two and one or 2-2 two and two now, so it's, it's better than being winless. So at least they've got that working for them. So I refuse to throw in the towel, still got a shot. It ain't over. Okay. Train. Are the Cowboys all done? As long as y'all don't leave out the NFC. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying we have a chance because we're in the NFC East? Exactly. The NFC, yes. Nobody really wants that division. And unfortunately, if you guys have not would not have been injured, I'm, I, I, I as one, as a football fan, hate the injury that you guys have because I was actually really, of course, not as much as you guys were, just looking forward to seeing how good you guys could actually be this year. But, yeah, in that division, nobody wants it, and, and, and none of those teams are going to run away with it. It's going to come down to the final weeks, and as long as y'all can steal a couple before Romo gets back, you stay in there. Well, you know, no team has ever started the season 2-6. and six. And, um... Made it to the playoffs. Three and six, yes, but two and six never happened. So if the Cowboys do make it to the playoffs, it'll be the first time that this has ever happened. Um, I don't think they're done, but the fat lady is, is, is warming up. She's warming up. Um, I don't think losing next week, it, to me, every week I felt like we've been closer to closer to being done. Now, the Giants got the Patriots. That's helpful. Um, but I really think if the Cowboys lose and go to 2-7, and seven, even with Romo coming back, I just think that whole seven losses, um, you know, I, I just think that 
seven games to go to expect that Tony Romo is going to come in and be the cure-all, that Tony Romo, who hasn't played since week two, is going to come in and, um, you know, week 11 um, or 10, whatever week it is, and be week 10 and just everything is all cured and fixed. I think that's way too much on Tony. It's just, it's, it's, you know, the defense gave up 27 points against Philly. Philly had an up pace defense, and you could see them gassed. Sean Lee is not looking good for Sunday, um, and maybe maybe longer. It's a second concussion. J.J. Wilcox is probably going to get benched in place of Byron Jones, rookie from UConn. He's playing out of his mind. And everybody criticized that pick, and I said, ah, oh, y'all wait and see this boy play. That um, was a great pick. I don't know why uh, people would criticize that. Uh, because they, they, they don't know football. That's why some folks just don't know football. That right. dude is athletic, he's talented, and he understands the game of football. You put all that together in one package, you're going to have yourself a decent player. And yeah, right. I wanted a bus. <laughs> yeah, um, I think it was a great pick. Um, yep. McFadden is balling, but he is injury prone. But so far, he's balling. Dez, I mean, I said Antonio Brown is the best wide receiver right now, but if y'all saw that catch Dez made, made, where he just leaped over everybody and said, that's my ball, that's that's why Dez will resume at some point being the best wide receiver in the NFL. It's coming. He just needs a few more games. Um, I'm a little worried about the defense, though. You know, um, uh, Sean Lee being hurt and not sure about his future. I don't know what's up. Hitchens, who's Lee's backup, who plays really well. Um, so there, there's two key linebackers. McLean has not been the McLean of last year thus far. Um, That's been the, the, the pause for a minute right there. That that to me has been the one key component out of everything that you were really banking on and hoping for because I think we, we both know T. Sean Lee with the injuries and whatnot, we knew he was going to get dinged up. And I really hope he's all right. I'm concerned about that. Two concussions in six weeks. He had a concussion or two last season. So I'm concerned about his long-term health. But McLean last year was the truth. And I was really banking on him building on that success from last year. And he's just been a shell of himself. So that that's the one piece where I'm just shaking my head and don't know where to go with that one. Yeah, you're right. But really – that defense runs through Sean Lee. And if you look at when Pittsburgh, I mean, Philly started to move the ball, it was after Lee got hurt. And, yep. you know, and, and so while I agree with you, McLean is, brings that physical, hard-hitting nature that he really hasn't shown when he's on his game. He's a force. Lee's got that speed to, to, to really play that weak side linebacker and, and play side to side, which against these teams like a Philly, you know, some of these teams, you need that. And, and he would be, you know, didn't have him last year. And they, but, but we had Tony and we had the offense and we protected the defense last year because we had Tony and we had Dez and we had DeMarco and we had the offense. So the defense only had to play about 22 minutes a game last year. Well, we're not in that situation now. So, I don't know what's going to happen. I will say a bright spot, another bright spot beyond Byron Jones is that Irving, number 95, Ooh. defensive lineman, got Ooh. him off somebody's practice squad, and dude is like, say what? Um, what? 
the whoever scouted that will need a raise because he did a good job. Six foot seven, dude's got quickness. He's got strength. Um, that's a that's a dude right. That's that's baller right there. So there and are a lot of Mark Marinelli. There you go. There you go. Um, bottom line is this: I'm discouraged. I ain't gonna lie. I did not. If somebody, you know. When Romo went down, I said, "Okay, we need we need to get two wins before Romo gets back. If we have two, if we get two wins, we're still going to be in this division. But we can go we can go two and five in Romo's absence. Absence. Now, two and five would have had us at um, let's see, uh, two and oh, so we would have been four and five. Romo comes back, four and five. Well, the Giants are five and four." So that would have been one complete game out. So I, I was right with my assertion, but unfortunately we haven't won any games without him. So if the Philly game was a must win, this game is just a critical, like, you got to go down to Tampa and, and put these boys out of their misery. They need to go down there and just wipe these boys out, get them discouraged quickly, get up there, go to Dez, go to Cole Beasley, run McFadden, blitz this cat, get him off the box, move him around. We know Winston, you get him out of there, get him around, he sometimes gets a little inaccurate. He's a good quarterback, and he's got a good future, but he's still young. And this is an extremely beatable team, even with Matt Castle. But they got to go down there and just do it. Go get that last win. Get the three and six. Bring Tony back next week. Tony's got two games in four, uh, two games in four days. Uh, Miami and then and then Carolina at home. Um, you know, and, and Miami being up and down, that's a good game for Tony to come back against. They're gonna play hard, but you know, I'd rather him start off against Miami than Carolina. And um, you know, we get these next two wins that didn't play Carolina on Thanksgiving. Hey, anything's possible. But it starts with this Sunday. I mean, this is really it. Um, because at this point you're counting on Patriots and other teams helping you out. You really need the other teams helping you out here. And um, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway. Um last topic before we get to picks and power rankings. You know, and again, K-Star's not here. But um, Cam Newton. Carolina. Yeah, there you go. See, that's what I'm talking about. You know, that's a a brother talking right there, man. That's some soul. You know. um, um, Carolina, Carolina right now, the best team in NFC. Period. Um, you know, I, I I would not have said that a week ago. I fully expected uh, Aaron Rodgers going there handle his business. And although he made a great comeback, them cats was down thirty-seven to fourteen at one point. I'm like, what? Now they made a good comeback and almost almost tied the game. You know, almost sent it in overtime. Um, and why ain't people calling Aaron Rodgers a choke artist, huh? And you know, it's just it's just funny how this league is. You know why he got those a pick six, uh, not pick six, but a throw, red zone um, interception. Even admitted that he was afraid he was going to throw an interception. Admitted it. I rushed the pass because I was afraid I might throw an interception. Missed Randall Cobb wide open. Missed him, which is not Aaron Rodgers like at all. But he gets a pass. But anyway, um, uh, Panthers best team in NFC. I don't think they're going to get home field advantage though. I don't see it. But right now, 
best team in the NFC. I give him all the credit in the world. I give Cam Newton all the credit in the world. I give Ron Rivera all the credit in the world. I give, I give the team all a lot of credit. But I am not a believer. But I will state right now, having beat Seattle, having beat um, Green Bay, are they the best team in the NFC. Now let's see what happens in the second half of the season. Let's see what happens on Thanksgiving Day with a relatively healthy Dallas Cowboy team at home. Let's see what happens. Train your thoughts on Cam Newton and the Panthers. Keep it going. I love that. I love to see a complete team. That's 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 me. I, I love to see a complete team. I just I just wonder that um you know when 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 uh, Benjamin went down and was gone for the season, I mean everyone, even me was like, Wow, that's gonna hurt him. And it looks like Cam Newton's making up for it. You know, with every play. He's making up for it. I'm looking at Ted again. I'm like, all he got is Ted again and some dude named Corey Brown. And, of course, Greg Olson. But he's he's doing it. He's making plays. So you just wonder if that will catch up. But, you know, considering that I'm, I'm looking at everyone else in the NFC, they're, they're, they're the cream of the crop right now, man. They're, they're a very tough team just overall, offense and defense. And, and Cam Newton continues to play at that level, lead that offense, and that continue that defense continues to play at the level that it's been playing at. Yeah, very difficult to beat. I see home field. I definitely do. Okay. JB. Yeah, I mean, I I, I agree with all of that. I think Cam is definitely the truth. I think what, what people need to realize is that. Cam and RG3 and, and Colin Kaepernick, they're all these running quarterbacks, but I think the difference between Cam and the other two is that Cam is actually reading defenses a lot better than he did his first few years, and he's not relying solely on his athletic ability. He's back in the pocket making plays, and he's running when he needs to, not because he wants to. And the decisions that he's making are a lot better than they have in, in, in recent memory, in recent times. So, he is definitely carrying that team, and he deserves all the credit in the world, and they're putting a game plan in place which utilizes and plays to his strength to keep him from making bonehead plays or bonehead mistakes. So the, the, the team that they have around him isn't talent-rich when you look at the skill position, but he's doing what he has to do to get that team a win, and at the end of the day, that's all that counts. may not be sexy, but a win is a win. You know, I will say this. And I called it last year. When he had the car accident, he changed. He realized that this playing this game is a gift. And it's not, you know, your season, your career could end at any time. And I think before that accident, he was a spoiled brat. You saw him hanging his head on the sidelines and, you know, sulking at press conferences. And he was a spoiled brat. He'd been used to playing college ball and winning, national champion and loved and Heisman and all of that. And he got in the NFL and he got a rude awakening. And he didn't handle it well. And we talked about it many times on this show. But when he had that accident, something hit him. And he realized, you know what? I am this, this I play a sport for a living. <laughs> I play a game and I make millions of dollars playing a game for a living and I'm finding reasons to be upset I am one of the best athletes in the NFL and that's no lie 
He is one of the best all-around athletes in the NFL. I'll say that hands down. Okay? If LeBron James could play quarterback, that's Cam Newton right there. Okay? And yet, he was just such a crybaby and such a, you know. But since then, we ain't seen any of that. And guess what? What happened? Last year, they won a division. Okay, 7-8-1, but they won a division. Went in the playoffs and got a nice win the first round of playoffs. This year, undefeated. 12 wins in a row from last year into this year. All of a sudden, he puts his head on. Right now, I get it. Uh, you know, scheme. and yeah, I get all of that. I get all of that. But the biggest change is Cam. His whole attitude is different. And the team has won 12 straight games. And so I think now K-Star can bloviate, you know, about Cam Newton because now Cam has done something worth bloviating about. But prior to that, he ain't really done all that much. He was average. He was underachiever in my book as a man with all those physical gifts and physical talents, Heisman Trophy winner, national champion, you know. But now he's doing it. Now, Jay, you're right. He, you know, they train you both right. He ain't got much to work with down there. He really doesn't. You know, Ted Ginn Jr., really? You know, Greg Olson? Now Greg Olson's looking like freaking Jimmy Graham or Rob Gronkowski. Ted Gray, uh, uh, Olson ain't that. <laughs> but that's how he's looking because of Cam Newton. So hats off to Cam. I hope when adversity hits, because it will hit, I hope he stays this way. I hope this is the new Cam. This is Cam. He remains this way. He's looking. He's got the same smile and attitude he had in college. And I hope it stays that way because he's a great athlete. He's a great player. And I think now he can excel and achieve to hit his, uh, to hit his whatever, whatever he is meant to be in the NFL. I think now he can go get it. He can go grab it. I don't think home field advantage. I don't see home field advantage, but we'll see. Go ahead, Trey. I was just gonna say, then, just to add on, you know, sometimes, and we all we all go through it. We get those, we get we get those turning points in our life where it just will be like, okay, let me uh, let me be better at this. And um, for the brother to have an accident that that pretty much, when you look at the photos, you're like, damn, you you survived that. Yeah, this probably even extends outside of football. Yeah. That brother probably has a whole new appreciation, a new lease on life. And yeah. right now he's just living it. Football yeah. just so happens to be the spotlight in the, in the profession that, you know, we get to see him in. Right. I agree. I completely agree with that. That was a very good point, Trey. All right, let's bring in our friend uh, Bryce from Brooklyn. We, we're not going to spend as long with Bryce tonight as we did the last couple of weeks because we got a lot to talk about. But we're definitely going to give Bryce a minute or two to bloviate and to sit there and, you know, you know the, the, the Steelers and Ben. All the Ben's going to be out. So, Bryce, welcome to the Madden Voice. Fellas, what's the good word? What's the good word? Well, it's, it's you. It's you. <laughs> What, what, what he of got? You don't have K Star tonight. He couldn't make the show tonight, so it's just JB, Doctor Train, and me, Commissioner T. Hey, hey, man. You know that's okay. My stiller brother couldn't make it, but that's all right. We're still gonna do good. How do you I feel? Had, be out a week I or feel, two. You feel, I feel okay good. with that? I, I feel good. I feel good. E- even though you know you had to throw in a little bloviating shot, I get it though. <laughs> You know, I, mean, yeah, uh, yeah. I know, I know. No lovey-dovey like you said last week. Yeah, no um, love. Yeah. No no love. You know what? Um, 
Man, it was. I tell you what, it was a. It was an exciting game. I mean, drama galore. We almost, we almost gave it away in the in the in the fourth quarter. But you know, sitting kind of like we were last week, we had to you know for the wild card. This was two games with Cleveland coming up that we had to get, and hopefully we can get that game. Landry, you know, he's no gimme because he's you know he's still Landry, but there's talent around him. Um, I like. I like that the defense, even though they give up a lot, they're making some splash plays, um, which is good. I love the play we're getting at safety. Our safeties are rounding are rounding out into a strength for this defense. Um, the front seven didn't get a lot of pressure, but Derek Carr and that offensive passing game they have is pretty much the real deal. I think that the Raiders are trending in the in the right direction. They do some good things. So I think we got a good front seven. I love the way our defensive line plays. You know, you put McClendon at end, and you bring in McCullers to back up at the nose tackle with Tewitt and Cam. I think we're doing all right offensively. I'm gonna say this right now, and 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 I couldn't, I didn't say it last week. As of the season, right now, going into Week Ten, man, D'Angelo Williams is the top ten running back in this league. He's that he's he's balling that hard. I mean, who'd have thought? It amazes me that there are teams out there that felt they couldn't use this guy. Because, I mean, he's he's doing everything. He's running it. He's blocking. He's catching. He's a great teammate. You know, he's 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 doing it. He's a top ten back in this league right now. Now, moving forward, will that be? But we'll see. But right now, he is. So if we can get yeah, him back it, from the well, 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 let me let me just say this. Let me just say this. Yeah, here we go. Yeah. Well, you no, no, no. It's just, it's just. It, you, this is the difference between you and me. Okay. Um, he's playing well. Yes. Mm-hmm. He can't. He 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 ain't even a starter on your own team, and you can't say he's a top ten back. He's playing well, absolutely. But if Bell was healthy, who's the starter on your team? Oh, it's Bell. I, oh, okay. it's Bell. So then, so D'Angelo Williams ain't a top ten back then because well, he's not well, even but, a starter on your own team. Well, but you have to consider he started the first two games and because did very Bell was well. Or right, right, right. I, I, absolutely. And then he came in. I want to say Cincinnati. Played very well, and then he started this game. Played very well. I'm not. When you look at this. He played well. I'm well, not disputing well, that, but you can't call a guy that's your backup that you know. If Bell were playing, it's Bell's job, and say, but he's a top ten back. Well, based on the production and the talent he brings, I absolutely can say that. For, for right now, for the first ten games, if you look at his production. You look at his numbers, you look at what he's brought to the table and what he's been able to do off the bench coming into the game. I'm going to say with this season, just these 10 games, top 10 running backs right now in the NFL in terms of everything that's going on, you got to put him up there. Yeah. That's how I, he's been balling. I, he's played well. I just, I just can't take a guy off the bench, I don't care who he is, that hasn't earned a starting job. He has started by default by injury. He has not started because right. your coach has said, you are a top ten back in this league. It's your job. That's the difference. And so if he were truly a top ten back, he would be getting a rock from the opening snap. He's getting it now because you're a top ten back. Hell, your top five back. Heck, right. your top three back. I'll right. go that far with Bell between him and Peterson, and I don't know who you want to throw in there. Girl, he's been balling out this year, so I, I don't know. But he's definitely one of the best backs in the league, Bell, no doubt about it. Oh, absolutely. But, yeah, there's, there's no argument there. But he's been playing well. 
I absolutely agree. And and hey, you know, I, I just want to know to you if I can call Jeremy Lane for the top ten running back. Can I? You know what you're doing is you're making a point. And uh, and, and Bryce, I'm not disagreeing no, but he's, with. No, but he's really not. But he's really not though. Well, no, he is. I mean, Langford had a monster game last night, backing up. But right, based on one game. But look at D'Angelo Williams in terms of right. That's why I, I say he's Freaking. playing like a top ten back because he wouldn't be anything if it wasn't the fact that he got the opportunity and the production once he got it. Beginning like of the a season, top ten running back and actually being a top ten running back. That's that's two different things. But first of all, no. he's like you said, he's a backup. And yeah, right. I could say the same thing about Jeremy Langford if I wanted to because I've watched every Bears game. I see exactly what our production looks like when Forte goes out and Jeremy Langford comes in. There's no drop-off. Almost like what you're seeing with D'Angelo. I mean, with D'Angelo being an alpha bail. There's almost no drop-off. You don't have that experienced guy with the system and that true pass-catching guy that, that pretty much knows everything is very elusive, but you got pretty solid production. That doesn't make them top ten, man. That's freaking 32 teams in the league with starting running backs. You trying to tell me that he's better? He's in the he's he's, he's up there as a backup <laughs> over ten teams. Wait 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 hey. for the, for this season. Let me let me respond. For this season, these ten games. I'm not talking moving forward. I'm talking these ten games. What he's done from game one to game ten. That man has played and is a top ten running back in this league. Whether he is a backup or not, based on production. When he got in, he produces from the start you know, the to thing now. You still but he, hasn't even played, he hasn't even started all 10 games, though. Hold on, wait a minute. And that's, yeah. game well, wait, but game that's what makes it, that's what makes it, so that's what makes it amazing. This year. How are you going to compare from start to finish when he's only started three of those games? Because there are starting running backs that have started from 1 to 10 that have not played as well as he has when he's gotten on the field. Yeah, either he is a top 10 back or playing like a top 10 back. Those two are mutually exclusive. They don't always, they don't mean the same thing. Now, no, no, I'm, that is one thing, but the fact that also he's only started three of these 10 games, I'm not willing to go that route. Well, and let me, let me make this point. And Bryce, hear this point, hear this point. Matt Hauser, 2-0 as a backup quarterback. Is he a top 10 quarterback in the NFL? Um, up, up, um, in these ten games, no. But he started. But it's apples and, started, it's apples and oranges. I, Why is it apples and oranges? He started two games. He's undefeated. Right. He's got a better. He's got better win loss record than the starting quarterback on that team. And with your logic, production wise, wins statistics, one could say Matt Hasselbeck. But he's only played. The point we're making is, you're on the bench. You played. He started two games. D'Angelo Williams has started three games. You can't disrespect the other running backs that have started the eight or nine games and been productive for eight or nine games as the starter on their teams. A Gurley, a Peterson, a Chris Johnson, a Freeman, Murray out there in Oakland, Forte up to last night, Chris Ivory, you know, Jonathan Stewart. These guys have been balling all year. And so to just throw, to just ignore them, and say well, this guy's a top 
back because of his production. Well, no. He is playing like a top ten back. Yes. He's playing at that level. Yes. But he you can't put him there based on that small size is what we're saying. Well no, I under well, but I understand what you're saying, Kamish, but but look at the the backs you just named. That's like nine right there. So if you slide him in based on the production and the player he is, that puts him at ten or eleven. I just named right nine there. off I just named them off the top of my head. I didn't even get in the Lynch or you know, I, I can there's more I could name. That would definitely. Yeah, Chris Johnson. So that's all we're saying is I think I think we agree because I said it earlier. Hey, I just balled out Sunday, but I said I exactly what you're saying. I said the opposite of. I said right now, Des is not the best wide receiver in NFL because he ain't played enough. He balled out on Sunday, but he ain't played enough. Antonio Brown right now is the best wide receiver in the NFL. Why? I've definitely done it over that. nine games. But if oh, but I was picking, if I was picking a wide receiver, I take Des over Brown all day. But right now, your wide receiver is playing the best in the He's the number one in my opinion. He's balling out out of his mind because he's done it right. over nine, day, nine games. Des comes and has one monster game, makes that great catch. So it's a touchdown, whatever. That ain't enough. Uh-huh. I got to see five, six more games before I start putting you back up there with the elite wide receivers, even though we know Dez is talent. We know Dez is a phenom when healthy. We know this. But but you still got to go out there and do it. Right. And so that's well, what I, mean, I don't and, understand. And, he's not, and, and just, so we, just so we're clear, I know you say Dez number one. He's not better than number 84, but I'll give you that. I'll give him number two. Well, what I don't understand is 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 how come you, you, how come I mean you sound like K Star when when it's two years ago he wanted to make Bell the best back in the league. It's like you can't ex- just accept the production that the guy is doing as being a production. Instead, you want to boost him up to be cream of the crop, and that's no. just, just not the case. He's playing well, yes. and that's it. That's like period. Matter of fact, you can even get an exclamation point. He's playing well. Yep. And it's just that simple. He is not a top back in this league. He is a backup. I think for yep. the first ten games in this league, he's definitely a top ten back. He's uh, not. A, he hasn't even been a starter for the first ten games. Regardless, bro. regardless if he like has been. I think regardless from game one to come up with a topic, have fun with. Dude, no. The game yeah. he didn't start in, he didn't do anything. All right. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Who, who didn't do anything? Wait, let me say it again. The games that Daniel Williams didn't start, he didn't do anything. I'm looking at his numbers right now. Let's see. Oh, um, no, he, three, he was, he, no, he was the backup. He didn't get in that much. Say that again. Wait a minute, Bryce. Say that again. He was the what? He was the backup in those oh, okay. games, and he right. didn't okay. get in that much. Right. But he's a top ten back in his But league. that speaks to my point. When he's gotten into the game and started the game and played the game, when you look at the course of ten games, the way this guy is playing and what he oh. is right now, now is a top ten back to me. You're projecting? <laughs> I'm not projecting. I watched the throw, just like Kamish said. We go by the eye test. When I've watched the guy play, when I've watched him in the games he's played in, when I watch what he's doing right now for these 10 games, he's a top 10 back. 
All right, that's it, T. Jeremy Langford is the top ten back. I'm not taking it back. All right, Jeremy Langford is there. I mean, if you want yeah. to say that, <laughs> I'm in there. I'm in there. I, I mean, based off what you're I mean, saying, based off what you're saying, I can say that. Well, based okay. off what you're saying, Bryce, there's a lot of backups in a lot of positions <laughs> that come in and ball out. Um, and we can say they're top in their position. I think what makes you top in your position is consistency, and not just consistency in three out of nine games. You've got to do it in all nine games. Now, you can argue he hasn't had the chance. Well, the reason he hasn't had a chance is because he's not a top ten back, and the coach won't give him that chance because you have a top five back. That's my point. If you're really that good, then look at Philly, who's got – you know, a, a case to make that at least the beginning of the year, you look at any of those three running backs in Philly, and you could say those are three starters. Those three right. backs are starters on most teams in the NFL, right? And yet they did the running back by committee. So who the hell knows, right? Because they did the running back by committee. Well, you didn't do that. You didn't split carries between Williams and Bell. So that tells you that Williams is not in that same discussion. He has played well, but he's not in that discussion. If he was, then you'd see split carries. Well, you're using that argument, but but you're using that argument to take away from D'Angelo. I'm using it to talk about the greatness of Le'Veon Bell, who I believe is the number one back in the league. Um, everything in, in terms of being an all-around back. I feel he's the number one guy, so he's going to be on the field and touch the football as much as he can because he's so elite. That doesn't necessarily take away is, from D'Angelo Williams. That just does. means that Bell is that good. It doesn't because Williams is a backup. If Williams is a legit top ten, then, then your argument doesn't hold any water because a legit top ten is going to get touches. He's going to get touches. Whether Bell's in there or not, he's going to get touches. He's not getting well, he touches got, the bells in there. That's the point. He's got, he, some, he got some touches. Of course, not oh, as yeah. much as a starter, but he's got he's some. Gonna get he's going to get back on touches. He's going to get less breathing. Bell needs a breather. Those touches. And, and that, so he gets those touches. That, that bolts him up to being a top ten back. I'm looking at his stats. Week three, when Bell came back, he went from, and he did, Angelo Williams went from 20 carries against San Francisco week 20 to one carry against the Rams. The next game, two carries, five carries, then one carry, then four carries. Then when Bell gets hurt, that's when he gets his third back, and that's when you see production. But you can't make him a ten back if he's not producing. And from week three up to week eight and a half, he wasn't producing because he wasn't in the game because maybe I'm trouble. That's but train, look at the okay. But even in the small sample size you got, the guy still has over 500 yards rushing and what six touchdowns. But I you mean, small sample size, small sample size. If well, you're doing I'm, this in more than half of the season, that's a different story. But when you're in there because of either suspension or injury and nothing else, then there's really nothing to discuss. He is playing well in his backup role. But guarantee you, let's say all of a sudden, Adrian Bell just all of a sudden got some oil, rubbed it on his knee, felt great. You think he'd be out there the next game? No, Adrian Bell be out there. Right, right. And but I'm really not taking that away point. from from D'Angelo. I'm just saying that you should because Bell is so great. No, but you should. That's the point. You should because if D'Angelo was truly a legitimate top ten, he would still get plenty of touches. He would still be there and get drives in the game. They would bring him in and give him a complete drive. They would want to. They would want his productivity. 
You know, that extends Bell's career. That extends Bell's life. They're not worried about stats. They want to win the game. And if Williams was top ten, he would get carries. He would get touches. He would get. But Kamish, that's not the way. That's not the way. But, but that's not the way that Todd Haley runs the offense, though, Kamish. Because and we've because seen this with other people. Because Bell is so good. Because, because Bell is so good. Not a top and, ten back. And and yeah. Tomlin has always done that. He's always been a one platoon guy. He likes. He he has said it. He likes one lead dog. And when you've got Le'Veon Bell, he's going to be lead dog. We understand that. But when this man has gotten his opportunity to be the lead guy in these first ten games, he's been sensational. Which is first why. I say based on that and the talent he has, I gotta give him. I gotta get a man his props. You know where Todd Haley used to coach at, right? Dallas. Yeah, he used to coach at Kansas City. Dallas, yes, and Kansas City. And I had to teach. I had to teach K Star who Todd Haley was because he was all into him. And I said, Nah, let me let me explain to you who Todd Haley is. I'm well versed with Todd Haley, and trust me. That's a Tomlin edict, though, Kamish. Tomlin likes the lead dog. Despite all, the coordinator. Yeah, if you have a guy who can be a lead dog, you run that guy as the lead dog. If exactly. you have two lead dogs, you will run two lead dogs. He no, but that's not how Tomlin does dogs. it, though, Kamish. When is he had that's two. not the way Tomlin does it. When has he had it? He, he doesn't do that though, because he when goes, it, even when he had Willie, even when he had Willie Parker and a drafted Mendenhall and had Mendenhall running, he likes to have one guy. That's how he's always been. So I'm not taking that away from D'Angelo. I'm saying he's got a top-rated running back now in Bell, so therefore he's gonna get those carries. I understand that, but when you look at what the guy has done through the ten games, the games that he's been that lead guy, plus the talent he's bringing. I, I got to give it to let him me, with that. Let, let me say this. Bell is out for the season. This is not his first injury. Tomlin is a great coach. And while he may want he may want his lead back, DeMarco Murray has 392 carries last year, led the NFL in, in carries. Joseph right. Randall still got his touches. Joseph Randall still came in and got his drives to try to relieve Murray. We had this, that same system. Your lead running back, your your bell cow, but you still try to give that guy his rest. You're worried about his durability. You're worried about him down the stretch. That's just good coaching, okay? So what I'm saying is that ain't happening. It wasn't happening, and it's not the system. It's because Williams ain't a top ten back. He's doing a great job as a backup. And what will happen at the end of the season, we'll see. You know, maybe he gets a new life and gets a new start somewhere else. I don't know how long his contract is, but we're just all what we're trying to show you is that there's a difference between a small sample size and playing great and the full sample size and playing great. Now, if he keeps this up through the end of the year and runs for 100 plus yards every game to the end of the year. okay, then we'll come back and say, you know what? Your boy turned out to be a top 10 back in this league. He will have proven it then. But he ain't done enough to prove it just yet. He needs some more time. Well, it's, so. yeah, and, and and it's, I mean, he's proven it. I think to the ten games to me. But 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 I That's also say Dez is still a top. Dez is still a top elite guy. He's just been hurt. But it doesn't matter what season it is to me. Dez is still top five. Still well, Dez, top five. Dez is Dez is elite based on his history. But he's not he's not elite right now until he goes out there and does it. You got to go out there and do it in this league. You can't live off your reputation. Adrian Peterson was the best back in the NFL two years ago. Last year, he played one game and was out. So this year, Adrian Peterson was garbage until he went out there and started running again. When he went out there and did it again, we all said, yep, he's back. He's the best back in the league again, between him and Bell, when healthy. Right. 
Okay. But we didn't hand it to AKA him. AKA Larry Fitzgerald. What's that? I said AKA Larry Fitzgerald. Exactly. I mean, you got to do it. Darrell Revis, right? He had a couple of years, he was injured, whatever. Sherman steps up. I'm the best, I'm the best, I'm the best. Revis is now healthy again. Oh, you got to still do it no matter what you've done historically. You got to do it. And that's what I'm saying about Dez. That's what I'm saying about D'Angelo Williams. But anyway, hey, Bryce, we got to run. Thanks for calling in. And uh, Always good to talk to you guys, man, about football. Good stuff. Always a pleasure, man. Indeed, hope right. to, hope to talk to you. Appreciate it. All right, talk to you later. Take care. All right. <laughs> I think I think that dude purposely sits home and makes up a topic <laughs> that he knows. <laughs> Go get us going. <laughs> mm-hmm. Damn, feel those fans. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he he is. You know, he's he's a nice. He seems like a nice guy. Um, he is the the he is the classic NFL fan. You know, yeah. what K Star was a few years ago. We've we've worked on K Star. We've made K Star a little more realistic. But you remember K Star? K Star was real quick, oh, right? Yeah. Cam Newton, Hall of Fame quarterback. You know, Ben, top two. Antonio Brown, top this. You know, it's it's you have to classify the strength of your team by putting players and saying they're top this and top that. And you, you remember. You remember when he raved about Cordell Patterson? <laughs> oh my yeah. god! Yeah. You know, it's like the return man. Come on, man. You know, he, he, now he ain't no yeah, now he ain't nowhere. Right? You know, you know. Yeah. So yeah, we worked. Got What's that? I said Cordell Patterson is on one of those. Have you seen me posters? <laughs> right. Exactly. All right, let's do uh let's do power rankings. Um JB, what you got for power rankings? All right, let's start backward and move to the top. Uh number five I've got Arizona. Number four, I've got Denver. Number three, I've got Carolina. Number two, I've got Cincy, and then the pass is still number one. All right. Dr. Train. Um, you know, I actually did all his rankings. That's, 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 that's about that's that's exactly what I had had in mind. Yeah, I, I I took Green Bay out my out 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 my top. I'm looking okay. at and 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 just so you don't don't think I'm delirious. I, I I'm a pack of hater, but I'm just not not to that extent. I just look and I see the teams that they're playing. And I just feel like Arizona has that formula that the past two teams that beat them have. They have that same makeup. Okay. Um, all right. K-Star has the Broncos at five, Cardinals at four, Bengals at three, Panthers at two, Patriots at one. Okay. Um, I don't believe in the Cardinals. Although I'm a huge Larry Fitzgerald fan, I think he's he's great. Um, happy to see Chris Johnson revitalized. I think Carson Palmer's playing well. I just don't like their coach, and you know how I am, coach and quarterback. Uh, Palmer's playing well. I don't like their coach. I just I just don't like him. So I'm not. You don't like Drew I do not like him. No, he he really? turned me off last year. Nah, I don't like him. He turned me off last year. 
You know, your quarterback goes down, you're bringing your backup. The first thing you say is, yeah, we can win a Super Bowl with our backup. You're seven games into the season, six games into the season. What the hell are you talking about? We can win a Super Bowl with our backup. How about we can win the next game? And I just, I don't like him. I don't, I, he does nothing for me. Um, and I wasn't going to take the Packers out because they lost and put the Cardinals in who had a bye. Um, I just didn't feel like I'm going to ignore the Packers who went 6-0 and um, and lost, um, you know, to an undefeated Carolina, uh, Carolina team in Carolina um, and had a chance to come back and tie that game. I still feel like the Packers are going to be in the thick of it. So I have the they Packers in five. Yeah, I think I think they're gonna do well down the stretch. They're gonna lose to Dallas, but other than that, they're gonna do well down the stretch. Um, <laughs> I have, and the Bears. I'm the only one, and the Bears. I'm the only one who have the Packers, but I have the Packers at five, and then I have the Broncos at four, Bengals at three, uh, Panthers at two, and the Patriots uh, at one. So if we look at this, it looks like the Cardinals are five, Broncos four. Um, Wow. Um, the Bengals lost. I'm sorry, the Bengals didn't win, lose. The Bengals won. So, yeah, so the Bengals is Panthers. I'm sorry. Panthers are three. Bengals are two. Um, you know what? I have to look at last week's and see. Uh, all right, gentlemen, this will only take three seconds. Um no problem. I have to look at last week's because we have a tie. So when we have a tie, whatever team was higher last week stays there. You know, I don't have them lose out because, you know, tie goes to the winner. So um, last week, Bengals with three. Okay, so the Bengals were higher, so the Bengals will stay higher. Um, all right, so Panthers three, Bengals two, and Patriots stay at number one. So just to recap, TMV par rankings, Cardinals, number five, Broncos, number four, um, Panthers, number three, Bengals, number two, Patriots, number one. Okay. So that's that. All right. Um, Pick'ems. Let's see. Let's see if I can – my computer's been acting like a fool lately, but I think – I think – yeah, here we go. Madden Voice. And let's see where we are for the year. For the year, Dr. Train is uh, still in the lead with 10, uh, 1,080 points. Uh, T. Floyd, that would be me. Kamish, 940. I'm second as far as us four goes. Um, Ali Quick is third, still moving up. Um, at 910, and Jay Chill while still in the game at 890. Dr. Train has a sizable lead, though. He's doing very, very well with his pickums this year. So good job, Train. Appreciate it. All right. All right, let's make some picks. Um, we are at week 10. We've got the Bills at the Jets. Dr. Train, who you got? I like the Jets at home. You know, I went against them last week because I didn't know what the quarterback situation was like, but I didn't realize Fitzpatrick came back. And I, I, I just think they're a better team definitely than Buffalo with Fitzpatrick. But this is going to be a good game, though. I, I'm, I'm going to have to catch this one on Thursday. I think this is going to be a good one. Okay. JB, who you got? 
Yeah, I'm going with the Jets also. I just like the way they're playing. Uh, I'm going to take them. Okay. I got the Jets, too. Yahoo, 73% Jets. Uh, Jaguars, 2-6 and six at the Ravens, 2-6. and six. Uh, JB, who you got? Every time I take the Jags, they end up losing. Every time I take the other team, they're winning. So I, I'm just going to go with the Ravens because they're at home. Uh, I think the Jags will put up a fight, but I, I think that uh, there's too much that the Ravens got, so I'll go with them. Okay. Train? Um... I'm going to go with the Ravens. Same reason, man. They're, they're at home. Jacksonville, is, is, it's hard to say. I tried to go with them when I thought they were going to up and up, but still, I, I see they're still a young team. They still need some stuff to work out, so I'm just going to go with the veteran team because they're at home. Okay. I got the Ravens. Yahoo, 73% have the Ravens. Browns at the Steelers. It's safe to assume we're all going to take the Steelers in this one. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Ninety-one percent Steelers. Doctor Train convince us that the Bears can go to St. Louis and and win. I'm not even gonna get into a whole full soliloquy. I'm just gonna throw you one name, Nick Foles. Hmm. I decided to check out the bit of the end of the Minnesota game, and uh, you've been preaching it for the longest. Sometimes, regardless of backup or starting, your quarterback needs to make a play. They got to get you downfield. And I'm looking at this dude, and I'm seeing the, 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 the uh, you know, I, I didn't realize Teddy Bridgewater had gotten knocked out until I saw some backup in. I was like, oh, okay, they probably even got a better chance. But even, you know, the defense still, St. Louis defense was stopped. But then Nick Foles come in. The guy has nothing. The dude is not a for real playmaker, not there. Whatever magic he had, he left it in Philly. Chicago was going to take advantage of that. And as long as, uh, well, you know, Jay Cutler still like to give one to the other team. I don't know why. I think he does it to just test himself out. Like, let me throw one pick six and see if I can come back from it. This <laughs> is like freaking Russian roulette in football. But either case, um, I feel good going going in this game. And and and, and the the dude is is Nick Foles. I think they can really get to their brother, and I hope they do. Yeah, because you okay. start to run. You got you got St. Louis. You stop Todd Gurley. That's it. Okay. JB. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't think they're going to be able to stop Gurley. Uh, I I think that this game being at home, I think it's going to be balanced. And I'm no Nick Foles fan either by any stretch. But uh, Gurley's a game changer and a game breaker, so I'm going to take them. You know, you ain't with my Bears all season, JB. Man, what is it, man? Because every time I go with the Bears, something go wrong, and they're losing that one. And I can't lose any more ground. <laughs> you about to lose some more ground. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to go with the Bears. Um, I just like what I saw, and um, I'm not a Nick Foles fan. Gurley is a beast, but so is – so is Jeremy Jeremy Langford. Um, he he balled out. I mean, I think he's a top ten back in this league. So, um, um, <laughs> 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 uh, uh, Yahoo has eighty eight percent Rams, which I'm shocked that it's so heavy towards the Rams. 
Um, people aren't respecting your Bears, but your Bears caught my eye a little bit. So I'm going to go ahead, Train. I got your back on this one. Uh, Dolphins at the Eagles. God, I hate this. I hate this. I really hate this because I got to pick the Eagles. For picking, I'm picking the Eagles. For rooting, I'm 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 wearing my damn Dolphin jersey. I'm getting my old Arizona Dolphin jersey out, and I'm wearing it because. Um, Jason Taylor up in this piece. <laughs> yeah, Jason Taylor up in this piece. Something. Mercury Morris up in this piece. Something. My Don Shula <laughs> hat on. So I don't know, man. But I'm rooting for the Dolphins all day. But for pickums, I gotta pick the Eagles. Uh, JB, who you got? Uh, the the same exact sentiments you had verbatim. Okay. Train. You know, I'm gonna go with the Eagles. I I, I gotta go with the Eagles. The Dolphins yeah. are too. That they're just too. You know, I thought they had something, and I know they lost the game against the Patriots, but it's not the fact that they lost it. It's the fact that they got smashed. Yeah. You changed head coaches, and you thought you had a different philosophy. And the one giant that you gotta, you know, that you gotta take down. You turn tail and run. So yeah, that's just that's that doesn't do it for me. So yeah, evil. All right, all right. Saints travel to Washington to play the Redskins. I'm Saints all day, picking the Saints and rooting for the Saints all day. JB, same thoughts again. Okay, train. Yeah, I'm, I'm never picking the Redskins. I don't care who you are. Let's go with them Saints. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah, and uh, Saints, 82%, and Eagles, 75%. Okay. Lions at the Packers. Let's move on. Um, 97% Packers. <laughs> Perfect game for uh, Aaron Rodgers to regain his 90. Oh, I've never yeah. seen 7%. Uh, 97% Packers. So let's move on. Wow. Drew Rosenhaus, next question. Yeah, serious. <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys, 2-6, and six, at the Tampa Bay Bucks, 3-5. and five. The only one that needs to voice his opinion on this one is Dr. Train. I know JB and I are in sync. Dr. Train, who you got? Fellas, oh, okay. If, if uh, you know, my pick, my pick might flip flop, but just for the sake of the show, um, damn. <laughs> Only two choose from train. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, because it's like I, I'm, I'm looking at it. I know Tampa Bay isn't a good team, but. They have all their horses, and it's just you guys are missing. You guys are missing your Rudolph, man. Those Christmas. We got, got Des. Pick the Cowboys and let's move on. I picked the Bears. Crying out loud! All right, all right, Cowboys, Cowboys. We're gonna win this game. Cowboys. Book it. Yep. All right, Panthers. Oh, fifty-three uh, percent pick the Cowboys to go into Tampa and win this game. Uh, mm. Panthers. At the Titans, let's move on. Uh, 93% Panthers. Anybody who picks the Titans needs to go and smoke something. All right. Um, sure, I got a couple of fans smoking something then. Go ahead. I know, 
All right. Vikings 6-2 at the Raiders 4-4. Four four. Should be a good game. Um, JB, who you got? You know, I'm going to take the Raiders in this one since they're at home. I think Bridgewater's probably going to be out. I'm not sure if he is going to be in. He's probably not going to be at 100%. Raiders are showing me something. Even in defeat, they still look like a formidable team. So I'm going with the Raiders. Train? Devin going with the Raiders. Bridgewater will not be playing. That's a concussion. You know what I'm saying? It's almost guaranteed that you're leading this one game. Also, because it's rare that someone just comes back and play the next week. And even if he was there, I'd probably still roll with Oakland. Um, but as far as what I've seen from the Vikings, just comparing team to team, matchup to matchup, I like Oakland as this. Um, well, just what I heard, I didn't hear anything today, but yesterday Zimmer was saying that he thinks Bridgewater is going to play. He passed the first phase of the concussion protocol, and his exact words was, I think he'll be good to go Sunday. So uh, this was yesterday. I haven't heard any updates today. Um, but that said, I'm going to go with the Raiders, too, at home. Um, I, I, it's going to be a good game. Assuming Bridgewater plays, it's going to be a good game. But Raiders are surging. They're they're, they're you know, they they can play they can play well. Uh Yahoo has fifty two percent Vikings. Um Patriots eight and oh at the Giants. Um I'm gonna go with the Patriots. I'm picking them and I'm rooting for them. But I do know how tough the Giants can play these Patriots uh, historically. Yeah. So this is not this is by no means a gimme at all. Um train who you got? I wonder uh, the loss, what the loss will Deion Lewis bring. Um, mm-hmm. There's no other back on that team that that was doing what he was doing. Um, but even with that, I'm still going to pick the Patriots on this one. But I, I agree exactly with what you're saying. The the Giants are a very tricky team, and if anybody has a formula to beating New England, it, it will be them. But it's only during <laughs> playoff time. <laughs> All right. Um, JB? Yeah, that dynamic that Dan Lewis brings is an interesting one. Uh, however, they can, they being in New England can always game plan for that miss because this is talking about a team that 54 out of the 63, uh, I think, offensive plays they ran against the Jets, they were passes. So they'll, they'll turn the running game into just a short passing game to make it seem as if it's a running game. So I'm going to take the Patriots, but it's going to be a dog fight. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Chiefs, I'm sorry, 83% Patriots. Chiefs, 3-5 and five at the Broncos, 7-1. and one. Um, This is in Denver. Um, any, anything to talk about here? I know it's a division game. I know the Chiefs can play them tough. If it was in Kansas City, might be something to talk about in Denver. I don't see it. Any disagreement? Not in mile high. All right. No, Let's even with the lead out, I still take the Broncos. Even with the lead out. All right, let's move on. Ninety-three percent Denver, uh, Arizona six and two at Seattle four and four. JB, who you got? You know what? I'm going to go with Arizona. Uh, in an upset, my my heart wants to say Seattle, but you know what? I, I think that Arizona is going to go in there and, and, and get a W. Okay, train. You know, there's one thing that's kind of missing from Seattle. They got they got some players. They got the players. I know the offensive line hasn't been all that great, but you know they did trade trade with one of their top offensive linemen. So that's on them. 
but I don't see that same swag that I saw from the previous seasons, man. And uh, if any team that got that swag now is definitely Arizona. So I'm on board with the Cardinals on this Seahawks at home. Now is the time they start to make their run and be competitive. Um, division game, big game, Seahawks. Uh, 58% have the Cardinals. So, last but not least, Texans at the Bengals, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, we don't even need to discuss. 95% Bengals. Yeah, let's let's move on. All right, guys, uh, any final words? Dr. Train. Man, I don't know what I'm going to do fantasy football. I'm trying to hold on. Forte goes down one week. Chief steals Jeremy Langford from me. <laughs> Deion Lewis go down the next week. <laughs> my team is starting to fall apart, and I need my running back. So uh, I'm just trying to hold tight. You know, it's all, all I got is fantasy football because, you know, it's only hopeful that the Bears do anything. But he's looking forward to another exciting weekend. Okay. JB, any final words? Yeah, fantasy football, I must say I'm doing a lot better than last year, 6-3 and three in both leagues, so I'm, I'm proud so far. i got a long ways to go. Uh, more important than that, a happy Veterans Day to everybody. Obviously, I'm, T, I'm glad you played that version of um, Star Spangled Banner because that's, that was Dad's favorite. Uh, so happy birthday to... The uh, the Marines, 240 years, and um, looking forward to Sunday football. Let's go. Absolutely. Um, all right, thanks, guys. Got to mute you guys both now. Um, real quick, uh, me and Jay, I think this is our week, even though I muted you, but we uh, play this week in Bronzo's League, and I think he's calling it. It's a special game to honor uh, Jason Davis, who was a member of the NBX um, lead and passed away um, last year, the year before. And so this is like the annual you know, inaugural game to celebrate his time in the league. And it's actually um, me and my brother playing against each other. So good luck, JB. I didn't get to say that to you, um, but good luck. I think we go head up in uh, Bronzo's um, league. Uh, but listen, more importantly, um, Veterans Day, I did play our father's favorite version of the national anthem to start the show. He was a veteran, Vietnam veteran, so that was our way of honoring him as well as honoring all the other veterans. Um, And to end the show, instead of playing our theme song out, uh, I'm going to play this little Pat Tillman story. um, In case you don't know, Pat Tillman was an NFL player who um, left uh, the league, left $24 million in salary behind to – joined the Army, the Rangers, and a fight in uh, Desert Storm and was actually killed in combat. And um, so this is a nice little small tribute to him. So we're going to end the show with that. I'm not going to end it with our normal theme music. We're going to end it with that. Uh, Happy, I guess, I don't know if you can say happy Veterans Day, but I guess you can say to all the veterans out there, the Marine Corps, today's your birthday. Happy birthday to you guys and to all the veterans out there. And let me just say, um, gee, I, I know you're not listening. Them, but I'm going to tell you, I honored you. Uh, it's my my ex-wife. Um, she's a she's a veteran. Uh, James, Renee, um, Howie, all of you guys, veterans, and uh, served our country. And of course, most importantly, you know, our father, Vietnam veteran. So everybody out there, uh, we honor you on Veterans Day. And um, we're going to sign off with this uh, story about Pat Tillman. It's about three minutes long, but check it out. It's worth listening to. 
a hero, both on the football field and the battlefield. Many people knew Pat Tillman as the undersized player with an oversized heart. Pat Tillman knocked the helmet off of Isaac Byrne. Pat Tillman died April 22, 2004 on the Afghan-Pakistan border, ambushed fighting Taliban and Afghan forces. Hundreds of soldiers have been killed in battle. Why does Tillman stand out? Because his story is very special. Pat Tillman on the play. Tillman began his football career at Arizona State University. He was the littlest big guy on the field, standing 5 feet 11 inches tall. Doug Tamaro, friend of Tillman and media coordinator at ASU, had a chance two months yeah. ago to have dinner with it Tillman. Just, it was just fun to be around. And, and that night, you know, I never get dessert. I got dessert. Never drink coffee after a meal. I got coffee because I did not want the night to end. I kind of wanted it to be like, like Groundhog Day. You know, I just want the day to come back and come back and come back. While at ASU, Tillman was crowned Pac-10 Player of the Year. He was also a star in the classroom as well. I mean, he was a 3.8 student. That's amazing that he wasn't a 4.0. I'd never want to see the classes that he didn't get an A in. After completing his college career, Tillman moved on to the NFL with the Arizona Cardinals for four years. The terrorist attacks of September 11, 2001, changed everything for Tillman. My great-grandfather was at Pearl Harbor, and a lot of my family has given up, you know, has gone and fought in wars, and, and I really haven't done a damn thing um, as far as laying myself on the line like that, and so I have a great deal of respect for those that have and what the flag stands for. Following this interview, Tillman made the decision to walk away from a $3.6 million contract with the Cardinals and join the elite Army Rangers with his brother Kevin. Pat's family and friends received news of his death on a Thursday and knew that he was not coming home. I think that Pat Tillman was probably the, the gentlest, caring guy around that my brother and I knew, my family knew. Hundreds if not thousands of people have made their way out to Sun Devil Stadium pay their respects to Pat Tillman. Some soldiers have even stopped by to drop off medals they have won in the battlefield. In fact, one soldier dropped off the Purple Heart. Pat Tillman is a true example of a human being. He's special, and ASU should be proud they had him. He gave his life for our country to fight for us. He may have gone before us, but you know what? We're all going to catch up with him in a place that's better. You know, he'll be my hero, he'll be my daughter's hero, he's my wife's hero. Pat Tillman never stopped looking for new challenges on the field and in life. When he found them, he met them head on. He made the ultimate sacrifice when he chose patriotism over a paycheck. A hero that will never be forgotten. A statement that will live on with the spirit of Pat Tillman.